And thank you for being here tonight. You know, whenever we come on a Wednesday night, especially during the middle of the week, that's a, it's kind of like us saying to God, I want to invest in my spirit. So whenever you take time out to invest in your spirit, God is going to do great things. Tonight we're actually in our series, and it is called Spiritual Fruit. Now you might be thinking, I don't know what that means, spiritual fruit. Well, just think of fruit in general. Fruit brings nourishment to our bodies. It has vitamins, nutrients, but it also has to take some time for it to mature and grow. And so whenever you, you think of the fruit of the Spirit, it takes time for us to grow in the fruit of the Spirit. In the book of Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, that's where we see the traits of the, the fruit of the Spirit. Or we can look at each individual one and, and learn each individual trait of the fruit of the Spirit. And we began with love and then we went with joy, peace, patience, kindness. Tonight we're going to talk about goodness. Now it's not the goodness as in goodness, goodness uh, uh, when, you're, when you're having a difficult time. Like for goodness sake, it's more of an actual goodness that comes from God. And if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Galatians 5.22. And so if you are trying to learn about God and trying to you know, know where certain scriptures are, just always remember in the book of Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, you're going to find the fruit of the Spirit. And this spiritual fruit that God gives to us is so that we can grow in Him. It actually ends after that scripture, after goodness uh, and self-control and, and faithfulness, it actually says, against such things there is no law. In other words, Paul the Apostle was speaking this to the church in Galatia, and he was saying, listen, you're going to try to follow God with the ways of God when it comes to the laws of God, However, if you're, if you're only going to follow the laws of God, then you're going to miss out on the spirit moving in your life because you're trying to stick to rules and regulations, which equals to religion. And so Paul was coming in and he was saying, listen, when, when you want to grow in God, you have to develop a spiritual connection with God, not just rules and regulations. Lest you make up more rules and regulations to make up for the justifications that we live with as human beings. So he brings in the spiritual side and he says, listen, there are going to be these attributes, these traits that you're going to live by and against such things, there is no law. In other words, when you follow the Spirit of God, as you're growing, you will make mistakes. Yet at the same time, when it comes to love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control... As you learn in all of those traits, you're going to see your spiritual life grow and mature because that's where we want to get to. And I pray that tonight, that's our heart, that even with the difficulties that we go through and, and as difficult as life can be, we will be able to grow in the spirit or the fruit of the spirit, especially in the spirit of goodness. In James chapter 1, verse 17, it tells us that every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. God doesn't change, and that is good news. But we change, which can also be good news. But it can also be bad news because we don't necessarily change for the good. We must choose that. It's a choice that we make to change for the good. In fact, we don't automatically, by default, change for the good. We, by default, change for the worse. That's why we need God. That's why we need to grow in our spirit because we automatically, by default, revert back to our old ways. 
Have you ever gone, to, uh, gone through a season of saying, why can't I change? I, I know we've gone through seasons of saying, why doesn't he change? Why doesn't she change? Or how come they don't change? Or a long time they're the same and they go to church for 20 years. We've said that before, but how often we've said to ourselves, boy, I, I need to change. And God wants to change us, and it's going to be his spirit that does that because it's, it's not God's goodness that seems to be the problem. It's our expectations of what we think goodness is that may be the problem. That's why James tells us every good and perfect gift comes from above. It comes from God because God is good. In fact, from the very beginning when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was without form. But the Spirit of God was hovering just above the surface of the waters. And then God said, let there be light. And then there was light and God saw the light and it was good. That's what God does. The root of goodness is God. So you cannot have goodness apart from God. It, it just cannot exist separate from God. Now, if you're going to take some notes tonight, in fact, if you have your, uh, your church app, you can take that out also. There are going to be the scriptures to follow along. Uh, you can also use your Bible, or if you're taking notes on some kind of uh, paper, you can write down a couple of things. But we're actually going to see how we can live out this, this spiritual fruit of goodness as we practice some actions with God who is the root of good? And if you want to write something down, here it is. The first thing is to practice with God, not your feelings. Like you practice with God when it comes to goodness, not your feelings. Because if it was based on our feelings, how often would we do good things? Or how often would goodness come out of us? It would only be when we're in the right mood, when we feel like it. But goodness is not a result of how we feel. It's a fruit of the Spirit. Against such things, there is no law. So you don't need to feel good in order for you to produce good. It's a spiritual fruit that comes out, not a feeling or a fleshly feeling in order for goodness to become what it is. It's, it's a God thing. That's why we need Him. That's why, as we said earlier, the nearness of God is my good. It starts with Him. And if goodness comes from God, why in the world would we allow our feelings to dictate what direction we're going to go and if we're going to do anything that is good? Why would we let our feelings? It should be because of God. If you're a basketball player and I invited you to practice and I said you can either choose me or Steph Curry, you would most likely choose Steph Curry. I know you're saying, no, I'll choose you because you're the pastor. No, you wouldn't. You would choose Steph Curry if you want to get any better. If you're, if you're a, a, an NFL player and you wanted to learn how to quarterback, you would try to find the best quarterback. I know some of you are saying Tom Brady. And if that's Tom Brady for you, then that's fine. But you would find the person who is the very best at what they do in order for you to practice with them. And the same is with God. Imagine practicing when it comes to your spirit with God himself. Because why would we practice with our feeling? If we practice with our feeling, that's, that's like an end in itself. But if we practice with God, then all things are possible. For instance, even in our marriages, when we don't feel like doing something good for someone else or, or your spouse, and you don't feel like it because they said something to you or you're mad at them, they never cook rice and you're hungry and or whatever it is. Like we fight over the smallest things. Imagine if at that very moment, 
that you have already practiced all the way to that very moment. And then it's at that very moment where you now put into play what you practiced with God all along. In other words, you don't wait for the moment to arrive to say, now I'm going to practice. No, no, no. An, an NBA player, an NFL player never waits for game day to say, okay, guys, huddle, huddle, huddle. What are we going to do? Let's practice some of our plays. No, it's too late. This is game time. So practice with God before that moment hits so that you can score, so that you can win. As the Bible says, run in such a way that you win. So you practice all this time with God, and then when it's game time, you can make the right decisions. For some of you, maybe you're dating and you want to make sure your relationship is pure. Don't wait for that moment and say, oh, I don't know if I can do this. No, you, you say with God, Lord, give me wisdom in how to respond at that very moment. If it comes to finances and you're dealing with finances, practice goodness with your finances with God. So that when it comes time to foolish spending, you can say, wait a minute, no, 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 no. God showed me long before this moment that I feel like buying this, that I can't afford, that I, I know what not to do. See, goodness is not just a result of what we feel like doing. It's in general with God because God is good. And apart from God, there can be no good. Psalm 14, verses 2 and 3, it says that the Lord looked down from heaven upon the sons of men to see if there are any who understand, who seek after God. They have all turned aside. Together they have become corrupt. There is no one who does good, not even one. Look at the person next to you. See? Not even one person does good. I'm not saying they know good. I'm just saying that there's no one who does good, not even one. Romans 7, 18 tells us, For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh. For the willing is present in me, but the doing of the good is not. It's like we have to learn goodness. Goodness just doesn't automatically come into our hearts. We have to learn it. So now you might be thinking, wait, if the Bible is saying there is no one who is good, not even one, what kind of hope do we have? How in the world do we live out goodness? Well, the Bible also tells us this, and this is the good news. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16, it says, And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God, as God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. You know, God is saying, if you ever want to do anything good, you need me to do that through you. Because you are my temple, so I need to live in you, in your heart. That's why we say give your heart to Christ wholeheartedly. That's why we pray the prayer of the, of the uh, psalmist where he says, create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit in, in me and lead me in the way everlasting. In other words, I need you to be in my heart. I need a clean heart so that I can follow your ways, so that I can develop the fruit of the Spirit. Otherwise, we default back to our old ways, and then we go off the deep end. Because goodness doesn't come naturally. We are His temple, and we need Him to dwell in our hearts so that we can develop this goodness. Because if not, it's, it's going to be us trying to live life based on feeling, not God moving in and through us. Because the root, the root 
of goodness is God. And without him, we have no good in us. Now, here's the problem. We think because God is good, he'll always do good things for us in the way we think good is. There's a problem with that kind of thinking because we, we sometimes will think, oh, this sounds good, this feels right, but it may not be good. That's why we need God. It's the, it's the, the story of people who win the lottery, people who go into professional sports and, and sign the big contract only to end up years later broke, suicidal, families falling apart, relationships going bad. Why? Because what looked good and what sounded good didn't have the character quality to sustain that much amount of pressure and money and that amount of fame. And so God says, hang on, when you, in order for you to have this goodness, you're going to need me in this because you're going to feel like that's good, that's right. But I'm going to steer you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to give you wisdom. And if you follow my ways, then you're going to be led well. That's why we say we need to be spiritually led. We've got to be led by the Spirit, not by the flesh, because God's goodness is always motivated by love. And everything that he does is motivated by love. And sometimes the greatest good God does for us may very well be the most important things not to have. My son Jordan loved this. Uh, we were watching an infomercial, and there were ninja stars. You know those ninja uh, things you can throw and, uh, like at a target or something? And so he said, hey, Dad, can I get one of those uh, ninja stars? I'm like, no, he's four years old. I said, you can't, you can't have that. Now, why would I tell him no? Yeah, because he can poke his eye. Or he might poke my eye or someone else's eye, and it's very dangerous for him. So as a loving father, as a good father, I said no. Later in life, I got it for him. But that's because he, he was matured and he was responsible. God sometimes will withhold things from us for our good. You might be thinking, but I didn't get that promotion. I didn't get the new car. I didn't, I didn't get this or that. Or my children didn't get accepted for this scholarship or that school or, or this didn't go right. Were you praying to God? Yes, I was. Then maybe it wasn't for your good. Yeah, but it looked right. This person left me for this and this happened. Were you praying to God? Did you trust in him? Yeah, I trust in him. Well, then maybe it wasn't for your good. See, if we follow feeling, anything can be good. That's bad for us. But if we follow God and we say, God, you come into my heart and practice with him, then you'll see good results in the end. Second Chronicles 16.9, it says, The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. Then it ends with this. What a fool you have been from now on, you will be at war. Now, why would, why would the Bible tell us that? Why would the Bible say from now on you will be at war? You know what it's saying? When you're able to seek God, as Jeremiah says, Jeremiah in the Old Testament, the prophet Jeremiah said, whenever you want to find God, you got to seek him with all of your heart. And when you do, you're going to find him. And while you're doing that, you're going to be able to connect with him in such a way 
that now he's going to be able to be with you even when there are difficult times. Otherwise, apart from him, there can be no good thing and you will always be at war. You will always be fighting with others. You will always have enemies. You will always be at war. There will always be conflict. But the good news is you don't really have to look too far for God because he's already looking for you. His eyes search throughout the entire earth looking for hearts that are fully committed to him. Heidi and I just came back from Oahu. We were uh, on the weekend, Father's Day weekend, and my son Jordan was there, and we were at, uh, I think it was Ward Warehouse, and my son Jordan and I are trying to find Heidi, and we're trying to look for her, and we're searching, we're searching, we're searching. All of a sudden, we hear, hey, and she's right there. And I said, see, you don't have to look too far for mom because she's already looking for us. And I thought, Lord, that's just like you, isn't it? That while we're searching frantically, you already have your eye on us. And it's just a quick, hey, here I am. Psalm chapter 16, verse 2, it says, I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. I have no good thing. Apart from God, we have no good thing. And sometimes we feel good about not being, not necessarily being close to God, but it sometimes feels good to just do whatever we want and then, but God will forgive me, yet at the same time, we're now distant from God. And yes, we'll reap some consequences of our actions, but God is still there with us. He doesn't leave us. Oh, he'll let us choose whatever we want to do because that's the freedom of choice. That's what love is all about. It's, it, it's the freedom to choose God. Otherwise, it wouldn't be love if there was no freedom to choose. Well, in all that time, God is still there. And so by the time we come back to him, yes, there may be some things we need to deal with, but it doesn't change who God is. He's still loving and he is still full of goodness. He still wants us to practice with him. Not our feelings, lest we drift even further. As we said earlier, Psalm 73 verse 28 tells us this. But as for me... The nearness of God is my good. I have made the Lord God my refuge that I may tell of your works. See, it's the nearness of God that is our good, not not our feelings. The nearness of our feelings is not good. It's our feelings that often take us further away from God. We get hurt. We say things to other people. uh, We take an offense. Maybe there's jealousy or bitterness or anger. And so we feel like that. We avoid people. We see them at the supermarket and we say, oh, I don't like seeing that person. Or, or you, you sense that just there's, there's a conflict happening between people and you just don't know how to resolve it. And there are these feelings that come up, our emotions. And God says, draw near to me. I'm going to help you through all of these times. Just don't be prideful. Come back to me. Humble yourself before the mighty hand of God and he will exalt you in the right time. That's how good God is. Proverbs 3, verse 27 says, Do not withhold good from those who deserve it when it's in your power to help them. So you practice that. You practice how you speak to people. Practice how you love others. Practice with God. Sometimes you just be doing your devotions, reading the Bible, journaling. Practice with God. Write down some things you would want to say to people. Not how you necessarily feel. Yeah, you can write that, but bring some victory in it. Say, Lord, this is how I feel, but this is, this is what I need to do. And so, Lord, can you bring in the good? Can you show me what is good? 
and help me to bring good news to people. I want to be that person. Matthew chapter 5, verse 43 through 48. It's Jesus giving almost like a, a, a higher up way to live as a believer. Because there was the law and they were asking Jesus, but the law says this, the law says this. Jesus said, well, you know, I'm going to bring it on a higher playing field. He says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 43, he says, you have heard that the law says love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. For he gives his sunlight to both evil and the good. And he sends rain on the just and unjust alike. In other words, God is saying, you don't have to feel like someone deserves your good in order for you to be good. He says, no, God sends good on the just and unjust. And it almost may seem unfair. But how do we know what God is up to? We don't know what God is up to. All we know is in the end, God is good. That's where goodness comes from. Now, you might be thinking, I'm not going to be good to people who don't deserve it. No way. I'm not going to be good to evil people. Listen to what you're saying. I'm not going to be good to, to people who are evil, people that don't deserve it. Imagine if God said that. Imagine if God thought that way. None of us deserve his love. None of us deserve forgiveness. But God so loved the world that he gave forgiveness through his one and only son. See, if we ever want to develop this fruit of goodness, we got to be more and more like Christ. Because God is the one that's going to live in and through us. He gives sunlight to both the evil and the good, sends rain on the just and unjust, if you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you are only kind to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that. Or those, or they were the Gentiles. Even the Gentiles do that. Or those who, who, does not, who do not believe in God. But you are to be perfect even as your heavenly Father is perfect. Now, that word perfect doesn't mean you have to do everything correctly. That word perfect means mature. If we're talking about spiritual fruit, when fruit matures, it's perfect for picking. It's ripe. You don't want to wait too long because then it becomes rotten. So when God speaks to you, obey him lest you become rotten and even worse than the beginning. So maybe here, here are some things that maybe we can practice. Okay, I just want to, let's get practical with this. How do we practice with God? Uh, and not with feelings. I'm going to throw out some scenarios. Let's just say you're at a restaurant and the service is bad. Like they, they're, they're not, they're, you're waiting for them forever and they, they didn't even give you your water yet. You don't even have your utensils. And they come by and say, oh, can I take your order? What do you do at that point? So here's some ways. Now you can, you can get frustrated and you can say, you know, you guys have been taking so long. It's like 45 minutes before I can eat. And then they can say, oh, okay, I'm so sorry. Can I take your order? Well, I don't like eat here anymore. I like them free. Where's your manager? You can say that. You can say that. Or you can say, by the way, what is your name? Um, well, my name is, I'm just going to use Heidi's name, okay, just so that nobody gets offended. Oh, my name is, my name is Heidi. Heidi, I just want to tell you thank you so much for doing such a good job. I know how busy you guys are, but thank you for all that you do. And we're ready to order, but we just wanted to say thank you. You never know what God is going to do with that. But it changes their world. 
for many of you who work in the service business or customer service, you, you know the customers that you try to avoid, but you also have customers that you just can't wait to come in. Why? Because they're always positive, they're always lifting you up, and they're always encouraging. Let's be those people to bring God's goodness into a world that needs his goodness. Who knows? They might, be even, they might even be a believer who knows you're a believer, but no one knows, you don't know them, but they know you, and they see you at church. Now imagine if you're encouraging to them, and yes, we'll slip from time to time, but imagine the more good we practice, that when they see you in church, they come up to you and say, wow, you, you don't know what you did for me the other day. The reason why it was so difficult is because mom passed away, dad passed away or something, or, or we were shorthanded and you just lifted my spirit and it made my day so much better. That's what, the, that's what the nearness of God means. When you're near to God, you can bring in good. What about when driving? Because this is, this, is, this, is, this is where I need help. I need Jesus. Like I, need, I, I need him physically in the car with me sometimes. I need him there, especially when you've got to merge. I'm like, brother, you, you cut me off earlier, so I ain't letting you in. But you can think like that, or you can say, you know what? The nearness of God is my good, so I'll slow down. Brother. Easy. They may not even tell you thank you. They might not even say anything. It's okay, because you're doing it out of the goodness of God. You're doing it for God. I remember I parked at uh, YK Wina right on the roadside, uh, dropped off my children, and I was in the church van because I was bringing the van back from putting gas or something. And when I was, when I was exiting or, or reversing, first of all, I didn't see that car parked behind me after I stopped. So I reversed, hit the car. And I was like, oh, no, moved forward. And this is when we used to have a 15-passenger van. So I moved forward, and I saw his bumper, and there was... Thank God our bumper was higher. It just scraped the top. And so I'm, I go back to the van and I'm going to write our information because the person wasn't there. So I'm writing that in there. And then I turn around and he's standing right there. I was like, hey. He's like, you didn't bang my car. I was like, well, yes, I did. I said, I was just going to put uh, my information on your windshield because I didn't see, but I'm so sorry. I apologize. And then as he's walking, he sees our sticker on the side, New Hope. And he goes, hey, you go New Hope. I said, yeah, maybe, maybe. Why, why, how this going to turn out? How, how, what going to happen? He said, no, you go New Hope. I said, yeah. He goes, my children love that church. Yeah, hey, it's no problem. I can just buff that out. No problem. Hey, you go. What is your name? I said, Tom Krieger. <laughs> so I, I said my name. I said, I said Sheldon. But uh, I was thinking, I was thinking when, when people know you know God and it, and you're kind and you show goodness, at least in a context of that, it's amazing what God will do. You can get so offended and start making waves and, and start yelling at people, but as difficult as it is, bring in the goodness of God. Watch how God changes the entire situation. I'm sure many of you, you've been in situations where you brought in the goodness of God and it changed everything. It changes a person's perspective. It changes their countenance, their demeanor, and sometimes even their heart for God. We don't want to do the opposite where now they run from God. We want to help them get closer to God. And you might have other scenarios that you're going to find. Bring in, the, bring in the goodness of God 
Here's the second thing. Don't just practice with God, but be willing to grow in the Lord. Just be willing to grow in the Lord. When you're willing to grow in the Lord and situations come up, you're going to be able to make a decision to say, Lord, I'm going to bring in your goodness based on I want to grow in this situation right now. Yeah, I could do what I usually do, but Lord, I want to grow. So help me to grow in goodness. Because what the Lord will do is when he sees that you're willing to grow, he's going to fertilize your growth. He's going to bring in nutrients for you to grow. In the book of Luke, Jesus actually gives a parable of the fig tree where the owner comes to the worker of the vineyard and he says, or the fig tree, uh, the vineyard. And so he comes to him and he says, listen, this tree has not been able to bear fruit, so just cut it down. The owner says, and the, the worker says, hang on, hang on. How about we, we fertilize it? Let me, let me take care of it for about a year. And then he says this in Luke chapter 13, verse 9. He says, if it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then cut it down. In other words, God gives us opportunity after opportunity to grow and mature when it comes to goodness or anything in our life. Some of us have been in church for years and we're, we're, we're seeing people around us and we're thinking, oh, they brought a king church 20 years. He never grew. Oh, that sister been coming to church 15 years. She never changed. Oh, that guy been here 20 years. He worse. Like we say that with other people, but then when it comes to us, where's our growth? And what does that look like? Are we any mature or more mature than when we first said yes to Jesus not more spiritual in the way of now I know more things or I can quote the scriptures, but is my lifestyle that much greater when it comes to walking after the things of God? Is there a difference in my lifestyle? Have I changed from day one to day 50 to day 100 to 1,000, five years later? Is there any maturity happening? Because God is saying, I'm going to fertilize. If you're willing to grow, I'll give you all the fertilizer you need. I'll water you. I will, I will surround you with ways to grow. That's why we have Rooted in Growing. That's our discipleship program. That God brings all of these things available to you and I so that we can grow in our spirit. Not just to attend and then listen and say, oh, that was great. But to apply it into our lives and then do something about it in our marriages, in our families, in the community, and in our workplace. There needs to be some type of maturity that is happening. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 6 and 7 Paul the Apostle, as he's planting all of these churches and he's, he's helping people to grow, he says this, you know, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything but only God who makes things grow. I'm so glad that it's God who grows us. And yes, we'll help each other, we will, we will encourage each other, we will teach and, and whatnot, but ultimately, it's going to be God who grows us. He's going to mature us and he's going to surround us with fertilizer so that we can grow and bear fruit. And I've seen that in many of your lives. I've seen you grow in the Lord. I've seen you change. I've seen your marriages become strengthened. Your families become stronger. The way you serve, the way you love God and the way you love people have been phenomenal throughout the years because God has been growing you. I am so thankful 
to be a part of this church because I get to see people grow and grow and grow. I get to see our children grow up. I get to see our young adults take on responsibilities. I get to see the servants continue to serve. I get to see our forerunners continue to build up ministries and pass that on to the next generation. Like, it is an honor and a privilege to serve here at this church. This is, this is home to us. That's why we call this our home church. Because this is where we grow in the Lord. Psalm 84, verse 11 says, For the Lord God is our sun and our shield. He gives us grace and glory. The Lord will withhold no good thing from those who do what is right. See, he's not going to hold withhold anything from those who do what is right. And if you want to grow in him, tell me God wouldn't withhold, wouldn't bless you with certain things and bless you with a, a life that, that he promised to you. He's not going to withhold. He's going to say, I'm going to continue to fertilize you. And I'm going to grow you and mature you. But we got to be in it for the long haul. You know that word grace and glory when it says that God, that he gives grace and glory. Those two words are actually favor and dignity. That God will give you favor, but he'll also give you dignity. In the world we live in, everyone is fighting for dignity. God says, you don't need to fight for it. I'll give that to you. I'll give it to you. I am your son and your shield. I'm not going to withhold any good thing from you when you do what is right. But you got to be in it for the long haul. Be in pursuit of God's very best. You cannot just be willing to grow in the Lord when it's easy. you got to be willing to grow in the Lord when it is the most difficult. How often we've probably, if you, look at our, if you look at your past, even in my past, we probably grew more in the Lord in the most difficult times of our life. We probably came to know Jesus when it was the hardest time of life. Marriage was falling apart. Life was dark. We had no future, no hope. And then we came to know Jesus and, and maybe the circumstances didn't change, but we did. There was now vision for life. There was a hope. There was a future. There was a love that we never experienced before. And God said, now I can help you to grow because now you're one with me. And now we can grow up in the Lord and we can grow through the Lord's direction and with him through whatever season we'll be in, whatever failure, whatever mistake, even when there's opposition, those are usually the times when we grow the most because God gives us grace and glory favor and dignity he is our son and he is our shield and here's the last thing that we can apply when it comes to the spirit of goodness to rejoice rejoice as i grow in goodness just think about goodness sometimes we don't rejoice enough like we're we're, we're so down on ourselves but the bible tells us to rejoice so whenever there's something that God does in and through you that is good, rejoice in that. Rejoice. Now, there may be seasons that you're going through that you're saying, you know, I, don't, I cannot rejoice in this. Find something even small, even, even small incremental growth. Rejoice in that. Let's just say you're, you're doing your devotions and you've never read the Bible before and you're trying to figure out who is Jehoiabib and all these names and who is Athaliah and, and I don't know all these names. I, I'm confused. I don't even know what's happening. 
Well, you just journal on what you can understand. Yeah, but I'm only learning like 1%. Then rejoice with that 1% because now you know 100% of that 1%. Even 1% of incremental growth will pay high dividends in the end. You rejoice even, even with a little bit of growth. You say sorry to someone. Rejoice in that. Yeah, but I just said sorry. That's no big deal. No, that is a big deal. To them, that's a big deal because you don't, you don't always say sorry. So that's a big deal. Maybe even coming to church on time. Rejoice in that. Some of us, like I, for Heidi and I, I remember when we would first come to church, getting to church on time was so hard. I didn't know why. And then the first time we came to church, like on time, which on time is before worship starts, just to let you know. It's not separate. It's one whole service. So we would come in, and we didn't know what to do. We're like, wow, we get like 10 minutes to spare. Well, what do we do? We'll go find a seat. Rejoice even in those times. Now, it's not because of attendance sake, but it's because we're trying to discipline ourselves to worship God corporately, together with everyone else. And then when I first came to church, I was like, wow, these guys are all clapping. I don't, okay, I, I guess I'll clap. I'll, I'll clap, but maybe I wasn't clapping like on time or, or on the beat. I don't know what it was, but I just felt like, okay, I'm, now I'm a part of something. And then when people started lifting their hands, I was thinking, whoa, whoa this just got real. Like, what are they doing? What is, what is happening? And then I began to understand that's a posture of worship. It's, it's saying to God, I surrender to you. You're my father. It's also saying to him, I'm lifting my hands to you in victory. There's so many qualities to just lifting your hands so so if you're not a hand lifter but you're you're like hands in pocket and you just you know maybe one hand come out one time you're like you celebrate that just just rejoice in the fact that one hand came out sometimes you worship like this you just worship and then if your hands are unfolded just be like oh wow yeah coming soft yeah coming soft Whatever it is, any, any form of incremental growth, rejoice in that. Rejoice in it. Sometimes we'll pray over the tithes and offerings, and, and I understand finances are difficult, but when you give to God, rejoice. Don't think of it as, you know, it's hard, you know, God, but I'm going to give to you anyway. No, just say, Lord, thank you that I can give to you. Thank you that I can give to you. Just rejoice with any any type of growth that you may see. Because it's not about what we're doing. It's who we get to rejoice with. Jesus gives the parable of, of the, the lost coin and he gives the, the parable of the talents, the silver, the bags of gold. And, and a talent was actually an ancient unit of weight and value in Greece they, and, and in Rome and, and in the Middle East. And in the Old Testament, the talent was a unit of measurement for weighing precious metals, especially gold and silver. So they would just say a talent. And in, in the New Testament, a talent was a value of money or coin. And so Jesus gives that parable of the talents, and he says he gave to one this many, this many, and this many. And he was looking at faithfulness. These guys were faithful with using their talent well, their measurement of value well. And then he says this. He says, you know, well done, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy 
of your Lord. That's Matthew 25, 21. Enter into the joy of your Lord. In other words, God has given every single one of us a certain amount of abilities, a certain amount, a measurement of value that he wants us to use for him. He doesn't want us to bury the talent. He wants us to use that value for him and rejoice when we do because he wants us to rejoice with him. He wants us to enter into his joy, to celebrate with him together. That's why he created eternity. That's why he sent us Jesus because he wants us to be with him forever because God is good. And he wants us to do the same. As we close tonight, you can close your Bibles and, and uh, put away your notes. Psalm 118 tells us, this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Now, if you're that type of person that continuously rejoices in the Lord, and maybe you have to kind of put on a switch and say, okay, Lord, I need to regather my thoughts because it's stressful right now. Help me to, to do good in this world. I want to practice with you so when the moment hits, I'm able to help me to be the kind of person that continues to grow with you, that I welcome that spirit so that I can grow. But not only that, so that I can actually go out into the world and then reach others for you in, in certain ways, but to bring in goodness so that we can rejoice anytime there's any opportunity to rejoice with you in any type of goodness. And even when there are so-called bad seasons or, or you make a mistake, find the good in it. Maybe you're learning something. Maybe you're going to be able to teach someone a lesson. Whatever it is, and maybe you can pass on your mistake and say, listen, this is what I did, but here's how God redeemed me. You can give a testimony. Just rejoice in anything that God does that is good. While we were in D.C., uh, Washington, D.C., during our uh, Foursquare convention, uh, Kat Kononui, who is on staff, and she oversees uh, our front lines, this is what we call it, where it's worship, uh, everything that takes place on Sunday morning, Wednesday nights. Uh, she, had a, she shared a story with us, and I, I, w I wanted her to share that with you tonight because I thought, this is what the goodness of God does. Would you welcome Kat Kononui with me tonight? Thank you for sharing. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Pastor Sheldon. Um, when we were in Washington, D.C., I was asked to run an inconvenient errand for someone. And the reason why I say inconvenient is because um, I'm in Washington, D.C. <laughs> I don't know where I am. I don't know where anything is. But it was one of those things where I had to get something notarized and then I had to have it FedExed out. I'm in Washington, D.C. I'm not in Hilo. You know, and so I was like, okay. So I prayed to God and I said, Lord, if this is meant to be, help me make this possible. And he did. I found somewhere where they do notary, like just two blocks away from where we were. Mind you, this is, we're at convention. There's classes going on. There's speakers going on. I'm looking at the time. I'm like, oh, okay. And the reason why I mentioned this is because what happened, the goodness that happened after that wasn't me. Of course, it's the Lord, you know, because I was feeling all bothered by this errand. So I, I went down to get the documents notarized, and I walked into this establishment, and I met um, a woman. For the sake of the story, I'll say her name is Heidi, <laughs> just to keep her identity, you know. Sure. So I met this woman, and then she's, you know, trying to help me and my daughter, Erica, and I'm, I'm just doing my thing. And then she um, hears Erica and I talking about the conference, about the Foursquare conference. And then she looks at us, and she goes, what, what are you guys here for? And I said, oh, it's a Foursquare conference. And she lit up, like, I didn't, I didn't expect this, but she was like, 
Foursquare? I know Foursquare. She says, my church isn't Foursquare, but Andy Stanley? You know Andy Stanley? And I was like, yeah, he's like a famous, you know, speaker and everything. She goes, he came to our conference and he mentioned Foursquare and her whole countenance changed after that. And so we had a nice conversation and something, it was the Lord saying, ask what her name is, you know. And so I, I leave there and I felt like, oh, okay, maybe God wants me to pray for Heidi. And so I'm walking away and I, I say a little prayer for her to bless her or whatever it is, you know. So we go back to convention and... Um, She's on my heart. And it was just this nagging feeling that wouldn't go away. You know, because she said to me before, she, before we left, like, I wish I could go to the conference. So I go back to the conference and I realized I was supposed to do something else in a document. And I was like, oh, maybe I have to walk all the way back down. More bothered. So I'm sitting in the conference listening to wonderful speakers. And there's this woman that's speaking. And I'm like, man, I wish Heidi could be here to hear this speaker. So I went to the restroom. I see there's this book written by this speaker and I was just like I felt God put it on my heart like you should take this book to Heidi and I was like I don't know this person you know what is she gonna think I'm weird what's gonna go on but God was just like you should and so I, I bought the book and I went back downstairs and I'm still sitting there and I'm just like I don't know if I need to do this and then um, the guest speaker the next guest speaker talked about obeying God even if it seems weird or even if it seems just out of the blue to obey him and do what he says. And so I'm just like, okay, you know, Lord, if, even if I don't have to go back down there, I will go back down there and give her this book. And then I was let known that you don't have to go back down there. And I was like, you're funny. Okay, <laughs> you were just willing. You wanted me to be willing. And so after everything was done, I'm standing with Bunny, Correa, and everybody, and I'm, we, have, we have a schedule. We have this itinerary, and Bunny's very itinerary. We got to film this. We got to do this. And I'm like, I have to run this errand. And they're looking at me like, we're in Washington, D.C. What errand could you possibly have? And I was like, and I explained to Bunny. And, of course, Bunny was just like, we're coming with you. And so we went down there. We went back down there, and I signed the inside of the book, you know, Dear Heidi, um, I know you said you wanted to come to the conference. This woman spoke. She's very awesome. Be blessed. And then I was like, should I put my email address? Should I, you know, and then I was like, yeah, I don't want her to think I'm weird. So no, I'm not going to do that. But while we're walking down there, um, Bunny goes, here, you should give her a salt card and put your email on it. And I was like, see, I was thinking about that. But, you know, and God just helps you along, you know. And so I, I put my email and I took the book back to her. She was there, and she was kind of surprised to see me, and I said, I know you wanted to come to the conference, and you couldn't be here, but this woman was awesome, so here you go. And she was just like, thank you. Thank you so much. And so I walked out, and I said a prayer, and I said, Lord, you know, let her be blessed by this. I don't know who she is, but let her be blessed by this. And I felt like he said at that moment, well done, good and faithful servant. And so days go by, we return from, from the trip, and I'm catching up with my emails, and I realize there's this unknown um, email that I got, and it was from Heidi. And she wrote, Hi, Kat, it was truly refreshing meeting with you today. I just wanted to reach out and say thank you so much for the book. Even more, I want to thank you for letting Jesus shine through you today. 
I really needed an affirmation of God's love this morning, and the Lord did just that through you. In a desperate world, we need more spirit-filled people. I am so grateful for you being just that today. Keep that radiant spirit. It goes a long, long way, and the world sure needs it. Safe travels, and please feel free to keep in touch. Life more beautiful. So I don't know what she was going through at that particular time in her life. I don't know her at all, but I had to obey God. And I feel like what I've been reminded of recently is when God gives us blessings, it's not for us to just be blessed. It's for us to go and bless others. When God gives us forgiveness, it's not for us to just receive his forgiveness. It's for us to go out and forgive others. So when God is good to us, it's not for us to just keep his goodness, but it's for us to give his goodness out. And so that's what I learned from Thank you to Kat and explaining that. And thank you so much, Kat. Thank you. The nearness of God is my good because God is good. Would you bow your heads with me as we close in prayer? Lord God, your goodness overwhelms us. And there are times when situations come up that we may not know what someone else is going through. We don't know what's happening in a person's life, but you know. You called us to be salt into this world, to bring flavor into this world, to be lights, to shine in darkness. And sometimes we feel like we're so overwhelmed with darkness that it's going to take your spirit to live in us as we are your temple of the Holy Spirit. So can you do that right now, Lord? Can you just, we welcome you into our hearts. Refresh us. Fill us afresh with your spirit. Create in us a clean heart, oh, oh God, so that we may be able to stand fast in this world and be able to be led by you. Help us to find our way, Lord, when it's difficult. We just pray for your goodness and your mercy to follow us all the days of our life. We pray this in Jesus' name, and we all said together, amen. Amen. Isn't God such a good Father? He is good to us. I pray that we'll continue to not just uh, learn about that spirit of goodness, but the fruit of the Spirit, and we got a couple more to go. And then we'll be done with our Wednesday night series.